Hello, and welcome to Formed, your weekly political conversation podcast. I am your host, Catherine, and thank you for stopping by for our episode three, Energy and Employment. I apologize in advance. I have a little bit of a head cold, but I hope it won't affect your enjoyment of this episode. This week, we have a very thoughtful response to a concerned citizen's letter, a podcast recommendation, and a new news segment we are calling, Whose Headline Was It Anyway? But first, please remember that you can find us on both Twitter and Facebook. Our Twitter handle is at Formed Podcast. Please connect with us to share your opinion on up-to-date news items throughout the week. We follow and try to share news from a variety of liberal and conservative news outlets. Follow our Facebook page for podcast news, articles and information about political debate, and for our weekly poll. This week's poll, Do You Believe the EPA Has a Responsibility to Help Create Jobs in Areas Where Their Regulations Have Caused Unemployment or Underemployment? Please put your vote in so that we can share the results next week. The poll actually fits in perfectly with our response letter, so without further ado, here is our newest letter from Andrew in Illinois. This letter is written in response to the first letter of the previous podcast. First of all, I appreciate the positive tone in which you express your concerns with President Trump's recent election. Unlike so many people these days, you ask seeking to understand rather than to condemn, and I appreciate it. Full disclosure, I am a conservative Christian pastor in a small town rural Illinois, and I have a wife and six school-aged children. I would not consider myself a member of any political party, but my wife and I normally vote Republican. We did not support Donald Trump in the primary elections, but we both voted for him in the general election. I do not make excuses for the president's past moral failures. Frankly, he can be a jerk and has trouble controlling his mouth and his tweets. Like many other conservative Christians, we voted for him not because we endorse everything he has ever said or done, but because we honestly believed that he was the best choice among the options available to us. Overall, we are happy with what he is doing so far, but I would call it cautious optimism. Your first question concerns the Trump administration's apparent lack of concern for the environment and renewable energy. I have six children who will inherit the earth someday, so I resonate with your concerns here. However, the problem is that many Americans are underemployed or unemployed and struggling to find work in an economy that has been sluggish for the past eight and a half years. The part of Illinois where I live is full of small towns that at one time had a prominent factory. Many of those jobs moved to Mexico or China, places with far fewer environmental regulations and cheaper wages. I would not say renewable energy is a waste of time and money, but it's difficult to be enthusiastic about it when you've been laid off from your job and are trying to survive, especially when EPA regulations have contributed to the situation. For most Trump supporters, renewable energy is simply not going to crack the top 10 list of most important concerns. Another aspect to this question is that those of us on the right feel like we've been shut out of the discussion. Believe it or not, there is a legitimate debate to be had about fossil fuels and renewable energy, about whether or not climate change or global warming is really a threat, and about the real costs of eliminating fossil fuels. 
There are scientists and experts on both sides of these questions. Unfortunately, if anyone so much as poses a question, he or she is branded as a climate denier or a climate skeptic by the American left. Love Trump or hate him, you can see how his style is a breath of fresh air for many Americans who are tired of being treated by the left as idiots or second-class citizens. Your second question regards the slogan, Make America Great Again. Keep in mind that this is a campaign slogan. It is an advertisement. Campaign slogans are normally vague enough so most people can project their biggest concerns onto the candidate. Make America Great Again means as much as hope and change meant for President Obama eight years ago. Both slogans essentially say, our country is on the wrong track, vote for me and I'll fix it. So, Make America Great Again can mean different things to different people. The infamous wall, religious freedom, a stronger military, etc. But I'm convinced that in four years' time, the most important factor will be jobs. In four years, if people are working and happy, they will vote for him again. If they are struggling to get by, they will switch to the other party. I live in the land of small-town working-class union members who are normally Democratic voters, but decided to give President Trump a chance this time around. If he doesn't deliver on his promises and their lives don't feel any better in four years, I highly doubt they will vote for him again. My own family, for example, has struggled under the Affordable Care Act. To be honest, I was not wholly against it when it passed, and I still believe parts of it are an improvement over what we had before. But for us, contrary to what President Obama had promised, our insurance prices went up. In 2014, we purchased insurance through the ACA website, but for a family our size, it was not affordable. So my wife went back to work, and over the past two years, we have seen her paycheck shrink as more and more is taken out for our health insurance. There are many Americans who would rather pay the tax penalty than buy insurance, a situation exactly the opposite of what the ACA intended. I hope President Trump and the Republicans can work with the Democrats to come up with a better idea so that more struggling Americans can afford health care. President Trump is not a perfect man, but I hope we can agree that those of us who voted for him had good reasons to do so. My hope and prayer for America is that we would all be able to have some reasonable adult discussions about these and other issues. America is a badly divided country right now, and I believe one of the best things we can do is listen to each other. Sincerely, Andrew. I want to thank both writers for being so honest and welcoming to one another. For me, it is a huge breath of fresh air and feels like a small but true step forward. Our hope for this podcast was to open up a space where true charity and debate can happen. Both letters can be found in full on our website, which we will link up in the show notes. A few particular items that really stand out to me in Andrew's letter are the apparent divisions between urban and rural living and the cost of health insurance to the average American family. So my questions this week, was the ACA helpful for most Americans? If not, What do you think could be proposed to fix the problems, and is an entire rollback necessary? We would love to hear from medical professionals or those who have been severely affected, both positively and negatively, by the health reforms over the past eight years. Please consider writing to us. We would love to hear from you.
And now a quick switch in gears. We heard from many of you over the week concerning a shakeup in your echo chamber. In this day and age, it's probably worth it to listen to or at least read a variety of materials that do not align with your personal, social, or political views. Occasionally, I would love to drop a few books or podcasts or people to follow that might be useful to you. Um, I actually can't take credit for this podcast find. Uh, As a podcaster, I am also a podcast nerd and was listening to The Minimalists, um, which is an awesome podcast about minimalism. And on one of their shows, they suggested this, this podcast and I loved it. Since we had a letter from a self-identified conservative, I also want to promote the Best of Left podcast. It combines what they identify as progressive and liberal news um, into one easy, uh, digestible show that pops up on your feed. I think the biggest takeaway I've gotten from this so far is that even within one movement, there's still a variety of opinions and concerns and different points of contact. We could do well to not uniformly assume the best or the worst in any political group. So please hop on over and check them out. I'm sure they would love the extra listeners. And lastly, a fun little game I am calling Whose Headline Is It Anyway? Tagline, please don't sue me for my punny game name. The rules of this game are simple. I'm going to read three separate headlines about the same bits of news, and I would like for you, the listener, to guess what the news sources are. The cool thing about this is we would like for you to cheat and look these up online, and we would absolutely like to encourage you to read the news articles and compare them to one another. They have very different takes on similar things. So um, here we go. Our first headline is, President Trump is still talking about Sweden. Again, that's, President Trump is still talking about Sweden. Our second headline, Sweden Democrats, Trump was right. Again, that's, Sweden Democrats, colon, Trump was right. And our third headline, Canada succeeded and Sweden flubbed in dealing with Trump. One more time, that's Canada succeeded and Sweden flubbed in dealing with Trump. See if you can find those articles and please read them. They are all different sources surrounding the same news story. Well, that's it for this week, but we cannot wait to hear from you. Thank you to everyone who has submitted to us or has been in contact with us since the beginning. Please submit your new letters to www.formedpodcast.com. Again, that's www.formedpodcast.com. A special thank you to Cindy, our behind-the-scenes editor, and to Dexter Britton, who is actually the creator of our theme music. Have an excellent week, and until we meet again, form and be formed.